Welcome to Nate's Take on Real Estate. I'm Nate Cody, a realtor with Park Place Homes in Midland, Michigan. I've noticed people love to talk about real estate. The good, the bad, and especially the ugly. So, why not podcast about it? Between bouts negotiating for clients like you, I interview noteworthy, knowledgeable guests about all kinds of topics in the world of real estate. From the practical, what do you do when a house fails an inspection? To the weird, you bought the house because it has a ghost? My guest today is Cheryl Levy, eternally linked by marriage to another friend of the podcast, Larry Levy. Cheryl is an institution in her own right, giving of herself four years in both the Grace Dow Library and Midland Public Schools. Most notably to me, Cheryl has directed hundreds of young actors in over 20 peanut gallery productions at the Midland Center for the Arts. In fact, Cheryl and Larry directed my own daughter and son in their very first theater productions. She hasn't been able to shake me since. Currently, Cheryl continues her directing work and is also a storyteller for a local business, The Levy Connection. Today, I talked to Cheryl about the history of her 18th century farmhouse and its layout. But really, we are drawn here to explore the doings of Pearl the Ghost, whom came with the house. Pearl has been with this property far longer than the Levy family, and in the future, I will interview others that have experience with this mostly gentle spirit. Please join Cheryl and me on Nate Takes on Real Estate. Well, hello, Cheryl. Hello, Nate. How are you today? Keeping cool inside. Yeah, it's a hot day out there. It's kind of nice up here on the hill in the house. So people know that I've already done an episode with your lovely husband, but we want the real story today. But first I wanted to uh, ask you for your description of your house, if you could do that. Well, it certainly is unique (laughs) in this town. Um, The original house was a typical Victorian-era farmhouse built in 1876. And the pictures that we have that were given to us by uh, old Judge Henry Hart, a longtime Midland family of judges, because he knew this house because his Uncle John and his Aunt Lizzie, who was a Sias, and his mother's sister, built this house. Okay. So, of course, Pearl Arbery changed it the most over the years. The main entrance is now on the porch and it was closed in when she added the the porch style that in 1925 so she changed the entrance to the side porch and added the porta cochere and carport that you see now but you enter into a long living room with very very high ceilings uh, wood floors lots of oak trim with the french doors and the beveled glass i'll take you upstairs but before i do after the second time we were in the house before we made the offer for it, I went home to Brown Court and said, um, I know where every piece of furniture is going to go, which yeah. Larry told you. Yeah. But I also said, and the piano is going to fit in at the foot of the stairs. <laughs> and many people thought I was crazy. Yeah, the piano's pi- not going to fit there. That's right. And the piano was lifted up on ropes and 
fits at the foot of the stairs and will stay with the house forever and ever. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I will go upstairs past the original stained glass window, the round window that was built with the house, and you can see in the pictures of the house. To my left is what was once a bedroom, but I turned into my office and is my theater room. We have lots oh, okay. of pictures and memorabilia of all of our plays in there, and that's where I house my puppet collection of over 100 puppets because oh, okay. of my storytelling mm-hmm. business. So that's my office. Next to it is our master bedroom on the west side of the house. Across the hall from it is what we call Bunny's room, our guest room, and it's filled with family antiques uh, and pictures of our families, Larry's grandparents, and it's filled with antiques from my family. Okay. And I have to ask, where's the name Bunny come from? When Larry's mother, after Larry's dad died, she would come and that would be her room. And her name or nickname? Well, her name was Evelyn Levy, but when our son was little and first learning to, you know, his B words, he called her Bunny, which she loved because she felt she was too swinging to be called Grandma or Bubby. (laughs) Right. Bubby, uh, the the Jewish word for grandmother. And the fact that he called her Bunny was, and everybody called her Bunny then. And it's where on the antique bed, I keep my bunny collection of puppets. I have about five or six bunnies and they all live on the bed in honor of Bunny. Then uh, down the hall is a bathroom which the Richies redid when they lived here and they put in a skylight. What era were the Richies here? The Richies were here in the 80s. In the 80s, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 80s until the 90s. And they did the most work on the house as far as updating the electricity. They did the things that if Larry and I would have had to do, we probably would not have lasted 50 right. years. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the Richies put in the bathroom, which we later then took out the fiberglass shower unit and put in a tile walk-in shower so that when we're geezers, we didn't have to climb in the tub. Sure. And besides, I have a claw-footed cast iron tub in the in the main floor yeah. where I take my bubble baths. So. And then there's a small room at the back of the house that is Larry's office. And when we moved here in 1990, the trees were low enough that he could see me walking across the Midland Center for the Arts parking lot on my way home from the Grace <laughs> okay. Dow Library. Okay, yeah. He could actually see me in the parking lot. Yeah. Now you can't because the trees are so big 22 years later. Sure. Did That's, you did you guys plant any of these trees or, or they were? Um, yes. Because they couldn't have been mature then when you were here no the, the pine, of course here. the pine trees in front the cedar trees and everything but i think a year after we moved in larry went to county extension yep. and got 100 white pine seedlings nice and healed them in next spring there were quite a few left he wanted to have this family tree planting day and got my daughter to help but yeah. I refuse. <laughs> I thought I had other things to do in that yard. Yeah. Things. Yeah. So, but now we have beautiful, beautiful 21 year old yep. white pines on the property. So okay. he planted those trees. So, but back then they were young enough that mm. he could see you walking at work, which is, yeah, exactly. I don't know how many, maybe 300 yards from here. If that. Or, if if that, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. So we are steps away from the door of the Center for the Arts, and we can actually walk it faster than we can drive it. I can imagine, because you you have to to get out on Eastman. Exactly, exactly. And I would bike to the library all the time. Now, if you go from here to the library, or can you go 
back here? Is there a pathway through or anything? Yes. Or is that a secret? Well, when we <laughs> first moved in, <laughs> I went to Doug Chapman and I said, you know, we just bought the Arbery place and I'd like to put a gate in. I see. And because Paris, she had cement blocks and they would climb over the cement blocks. Well, so I talked to Doug and he said, I'll ask Mr. Dow because Herb Dow was still alive. Oh, okay. The, you know, son and, and the head of gardens and stuff. Years went by. And uh, Mr. Dow died, and then I was no longer working at the library, but we were doing lots of stuff at the center, so went ahead and put in a gate. Doug was furious. (laughs) Two really nasty letters about how dare we do such a thing. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah, you know, I I believe better to ask... Yep. Forgiveness than, than permission. That's right. You know, That's he, right. and the, the other people at the center did, had no idea it was there. Yeah. So it's down in a gully, but it's great. It's great. So we let people use it. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's just a little local secret. It's a little local secret, yes. Okay, so that's the upstairs. Tell us a little bit Main about... Main floor. I've already taken you through the living rooms, and then there you come into a dining room where uh, Mrs. Arbery put in an Art Deco stained glass window right. in that room. it's beautiful. Yeah, and it is really beautiful. And it was the perfect place. Our first house in Iowa that we bought, lock, stock, and barrel, one of the things hanging over the faux fireplace was a huge mirror that's like four by five or something like that with very guilt and we brought that with us and there's a pearl story connected with that oh you mean the 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 woman that lived here and did a lot yes pearl arberry i will take you into the kitchen which was redone (laughs) we've redone it a little bit uh with its you know floor and it still has a farmhouse oh definitely definitely a farmhouse vibe to it yeah off the kitchen is a open pantry and a bathroom that the richies redid and put in this beautiful claw-footed tub painted the base of it hot fudge brown and the house was painted in a corally pinkish uh, orangish that they called pearls pink and they found this brown wallpaper with flecks of that color and painted the door of the bathroom pearls pink pearls and pink. since the whole house was painted in pearls right, pink, right. pink and they redid everything but that door and so they suggested we and of course we we will leave it pearls well, absolutely, pink yeah. and yes so that's the the main floor full bath and then of course you come to the back family room which was added on in 1927 by Pearl as a summer porch. Okay. And we got friendly with Pearl's only daughter, Jane Arbery Pertier, who was a wonderful, wonderful person. And she and her brother, Ned Arbery, are credited as one of the earliest founders of the Theater Guild. Oh, okay. So we've talked to people who have actually were here for old Theater Guild parties. That's something. In this very room, Jane Arbery Portier graduated from Midland High School in 1927. So her graduation party was held in this room. First of many, many parties over the years. And Jane was a such a neat character. She and Cleone DeLude from across the street and another girl became Midland High's first cheerleaders. Oh, okay. When they were in high school, they dressed up as clowns and led cheers at the Midland High football games. Okay. And we got friendly with her and she gave us pictures of the house and loved to come over and tell stories about her parents. I thought this was neat that it was made for her and the Richies winterized it. It's still the cold room of the house in the wintertime, but we love it. Oh, yeah. We just love it. So this is where we spend all our time. You already alluded to it, and Mm. the reason I'm here is I hear you have a ghost. Mm. 
in May of 90, we would be closing on June 2nd, and my parents were visiting, and Larry's mother was visiting from Rochester. My parents came from Marysville, Ohio. And uh, we called up Paris and said, can we show him the house? Of course. Right. So we're in and we're standing in the doorway and Casey is with, I don't know if she's with one of the Richie kids, but she's wandering off uh, looking at the house and she comes running into the kitchen and goes, mom, mom, there's a ghost and her name is Pearl. And she was just beside, she was six, 15, 16 years 15, old. So she 16. was beside her, you know, herself. Yeah. And I said, well, that's nice, dear. And yeah. I looked at so Paris. So this was, this was a, you were just ready to close. So the deal was just about done. I think we had closed and we had a moving date. Then you had a moving yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we'd already closed when we found out. So did you, you didn't know about Pearl before? No, or? no. Okay. Well, not, you know, we'd already yeah. bought the house. We were just, yeah, no. All right. So tell me, so, go on. So of course I'm thinking, oh yeah, right. So I look at Paris, who's a reasonable person, you know? Right. Okay. And she said, uh, yeah. We think we do. Well, have you ever seen her? That's the first question everybody always says. Have you ever seen her? No, we've never seen her, but every once in a while something will happen and there will be unusual circumstances, noises usually, Uh and you say, what's the matter, Pearl? Settle down, and she quiets down. And she quiets down. Well, of course, being a storyteller, it's a great story to have a ghost. Absolutely. And they named it Pearl because Pearl lived here. She loved this house. Yeah. She was here until the 70s when they were digging something in the backyard, a cistern. And the story goes that she fell in and was there for a while. And then her family moved her to King's Daughters. Oh, okay. Okay. And no, I never met her. You never met her. No, but I've heard, of course, stories from um, Richie's gave us a newspaper interview that they did with Jane in this house. Who is her daughter. Her daughter, her only daughter. And she told stories about how her... Her mother was her father's second wife. Andrew Arbery was married before and she died apparently. And he was 20 years older than Pearl. Right. And her father was the one, I believe, with the insurance business, the Arbery Insurance. So your daughter, mm-hmm. right, she must have been told about Pearl and from, came running in. From Stephen or yeah. whoever was home of the of the Richie kids and was thrilled. Oh, in yeah. fact, so thrilled that she insisted the night before uh, we were to move in on June 2nd, she and a couple of her girlfriends nice. slept. Her room was <laughs> going to be the garden level guest suite downstairs. I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. I'm all about the truth on this. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a list mm-hmm. of Pearl events or encounters but you're also a creative professional storyteller. So is there any tension there at all? Or do you feel like you keep a pretty good fidelity with Pearl or has Pearl grown through the years? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Okay. First incident. Okay. After. It is the fall. It's football season. Mm-hmm. And a f- friend of ours who I don't think mind mentioning because he swears to this day is the only person that has had a terrifying pearl encounter. Our daughters are on pom-pom squad and he's living in Grand Rapids and comes home for the weekend, wants to stay here. And this room had a sofa bed in it. And we go to the football game on Friday night. We come home, Larry's mother is visiting and uh, we're drinking, you know, hot toddies and stuff after the football game. Sure. And the next morning, I come down, and I say, well, Bill, how'd you sleep? And he goes, you didn't hear it? And I said, hear what? The dog barking and the sound. He said, I saw Pearl. 
Bill, you know, you know, yeah, come on, come on, you're yeah. pulling my leg. He yeah. said, no, Cheryl. And he was dead serious. Yeah. He claimed there was a fiery face that came up on the window. This would be the east side. Really? Yes. Just on fiery the other face. side of and this window. And then it moved around to. and it, he thinks it flew through the room and ended up on the west side window. You know, there are nine big, huge windows yes. in this room. Yes. And it was a horrible face. And he said, could Casey have been doing knowing that Casey's bedroom was downstairs? Casey is your... Our daughter. Our okay. daughter. And Sarah's his daughter's friend. And he said, could it have been Casey? And I said, look out there. I said, she's not tall enough. You know, she would have had to have a really... So no, she, how could she do something like that? Well, he claimed that this fiery face of a woman yeah. flew through the air. And Larry comes down and, and he's telling. And Larry's mother then said, well, you know, I've heard she, in Bunny's room, she says, I've heard rapping on the ceiling huh. of my room. Yeah. And, and Larry's explanation is it was the rum toddies. Yeah. From the night before talking. Well, Bill Spalding to this very day. <laughs> He even brought his grandchildren over yeah. to see the house where his, where Grandpa saw the the ghost, the flaming woman, the face. flaming woman story, the Pearl, flaming pearl story, the flaming pearl. So we're laughing it off. Yeah. Casey comes home from school the next day because yeah. Bill had picked up Sarah and they had breakfast together. She comes home from school today, l- laughing and saying everybody at school is talking about the fact that Sarah's dad saw Pearl and she was scary, <laughs> and I'm laughing. Yeah. So a few weeks go by, football season's over, and I go out the front steps one morning, and there's crepe paper and a sign wishing Casey good luck at the pom-pom competition. Yeah. Okay, and it was done by the football players because in those days, the pom-pommers and the cheerleaders would go around town late hours decorating the homes of uh, football players before the big game, and apparently this was payback. So I'm laughing about it because it's kind of feeble. But Casey comes home from school again laughing, saying that... Keckmeyer and Schmitty and all these guys came came up to her in school apologizing that the decorations were so feeble, but when they went to put them up, the one of the guys said, you know, they got a ghost here, and this place is really creepy. It looks like the Bates Motel. It was a dark night, yeah. and one of them snuck up on the other as he was putting straight paper on the door uh, and scared him, and, and away they went. That, that, that was, was that. It. Well, I'm thinking this is hilarious. Yeah. A few nights later, I'm walking home from the library. It's nine o'clock. It's dark dark the only lights on you can't see because they were back here and I'm laughing I'm thinking oh you know it's just high school kids being dramatic I walk in and who's sitting on the couch with Casey but one of the football players Schmitty and I looked at him and I said oh I was just thinking about you guys and he looks at me with his big blue eyes and he very seriously says I'm sorry Mrs. Levy but your house is creepy And I said, oh, you big wusses. It's not creepy at all. Because I've never, ever felt frightened in this house. I knew from the moment that I walked in this house that it was my house. Right. You know, and and I was meant to live here, and I've always felt welcomed. Yeah. Those were the scary guys. Then Maybe maybe Pearl learned a lesson. Maybe she was like, I've got to dial it back a little yeah, bit. That maybe guy, she that poor did. Guy and was... then, of course, the word's out that we are living in a haunted house. Of course. And we get calls, and it's 9-11, after 9-11, the Halloween after 9-11. And the Midland Daily News called and said, could we do an article about your ghosts? Because we're looking for something, you know, 
light and and, and, to, oh, and the mean, and in the meantime when this the word gets out about the levies have a ghost and it's pearl the ghosts of pearl arbery one of her an old friend of ours who knew her well right um said you know mrs arbery really wasn't the ghost type i don't see her haunting <laughs> the place whereas me on the other hand i have full intentions of, of, of sticking, sticking around. around, sticking around, helping, yes, yes. helping Pearl out. No, and just <laughs> watching house. over the place because that's sure. what I think she does. Yeah, you know, and just you know, yeah, bringing good mojo and good good vibrations. And Pearl was this wonderful citizen. She never drove, walked right. everywhere, and was recognized by the state of Michigan as a outstanding volunteer. Oh, okay. Because uh, after the hospital was built here. Uh, she would walk to the hospital on a regular basis, and her job as a volunteer at the hospital was writing letters on behalf of patients, and then she would even follow them after they were released from the hospital right. and would go back to their homes, because in those days, you didn't have the access right. to people, and they would often be away from their families for a while, so she was the letter writer. And she was honored for that. Yeah. And I was also told that she would invite the neighbors up and they would have teas and, and you would dress up. Mm. The Dow wives that lived on East and West Park, you'd wear the gloves and the hats and you would come up to the hill nice, where she yes. would have tea parties and they were elegant. And so she was just this very, very elegant woman who absolutely loved this house. That sounds like someone who might, might yeah. haunt it. Well, yeah, right. Just she wants to make around. sure. She's probably not thinking of it as haunting. And years later, you know, I was here home before going to work and the doorbell rang and it was Steve Arbery who, you know, was still working at the insurance agency and and he stopped by and he said, I just wanted to let you know how pleased the family is that a couple have moved into this house that love it so much yeah. because mom did. And then later when they were doing the Amazing Women of Midland historical thing at the center, he came over and, and I interviewed him about his mom and dad and he told more stories. And if anybody's haunting the house, we think it might be Andrew, her husband, because Steve told me that when, when he was a boy, his dad was riding one of the kids' bikes down to Main Street, got a terrible injury. Uh, they had to take him to Saginaw to the hospital right. because Midland didn't have one. And Jane and her mother would go by train to see him in Saginaw. And gangrene set into the leg that he injured. Doctors cut it off. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And his wooden leg was in the barn for years and years and years. And, <laughs> and I didn't know about it. I would have made a lamp out of it. Yeah. But she put a bathroom out on the porch for him and he got better. Huh. And Steve said that before television, his buddies from the neighborhood, the old man would go to bed really early. So the entertainment was to come and watch the old man take off his leg. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I wish I had that leg. I would have made a lamp out of it. Well, what happened to it? They just, it was out I, there. We don't know. Then... We didn't know that it was in the barn until right. uh, one day we're having a garage sale and the pools who bought it before the... The Richies were back in town for a wedding, and they stopped by to see the yeah. place. And we, Larry took them on a tour and stuff. And what so. happened to the leg that was in the barn? Yeah, yeah, and they said, yeah, they ah. said, you know, there was a leg in there. So, but well, give, okay, us, another, give, us, give an, us another one. Another Pearl story. Speaking one. of yep. the barn, uh, I come home one February day from the library, and I look out at the barn, and the upper door for the second story of the barn is wide open. Right. And that wasn't a usual thing. You I've didn't never have people seen it in open. there. Yeah. I've never, in the 22 years or however long we've lived here, 22 years, I've never 
been up in that part yeah. of the barn because the kids told me there was a dead cat up there and I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't need to go up there. Right. But, okay, so we had a fresh snowfall and I'm playing detective. Right. Who's been in the barn? Right. And I go out and there are no footprints. Nobody's been in the barn. Nobody's been in the barn. So when Larry comes home, I said, um, the barn door. What? How'd that happen? So he bravely went out and looked for Burl and and no sign. No so, sign of her. But it has never come open again. Hmm. So that's another Pearl story. Yeah. So the, who originally tied the entity to Pearl? Is it just kind of I'm consensus? Guessing, I'm guessing it was the Richies. I don't that, know. They put that together and now it's yeah, tradition. Yeah, and now it's tradition. And yeah. that was, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and of course, I'm bound determined to carry on that tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another fun story is <laughs> Sandy and Tom Ray live next door. They've okay. been our wonderful neighbors. And we've always had cats. And so they were uh, taking care of a cat while we were gone. So I had hired Spencer, and that was his first paying job. And Sandy wanted to make sure that everything was okay. So she would come with him, and she'd sit and read. And right. Spencer would sit in the dining room floor with balls of tinfoil and play with the cat, you know, just to entertain the cat for a while and keep the cat company. So one night, they're sitting there. And Sandy hears a rap, and the, the room above the dining room is Bunny's room. Right. Okay. She hears a distinct rap, rap, rap. But she doesn't want to freak out Spencer, and so she just doesn't say anything. A little while later, rap, rap, rap in the rap, ceiling. Rap. And the cat looks up, <laughs> and Spencer looks up, and they're thinking, what the heck is that? Yeah. Because it was, it was a wrapping, you know. Like a, a deliberate. A deliberate wrapping. Not, not a, squirrels, nothing. Not thing. squirrels, not a house okay. settler. So Sandy and Spent, you know, they decide that they're going to leave the house because they're a little nervous. Yeah. Who's in the house? Yeah. So they, Sandy, they go home and Sandy gets Tom and says, I think there might be somebody in the house or something, so you better come. And Tom gets a baseball bat. And as they're coming up the driveway, Tom goes, what in the heck am I going to do with, with this? So Sandy goes back home and calls a friend of hers whose husband is a policeman. Yeah. And she says, the levees are gone. I'm hearing this noise coming from upstairs. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And the, the wife says, call the police. So she calls the police, but she doesn't want to say it could be Pearl because... That would be very embarrassing. Well, for of course, a, yeah, okay. yeah. So they come, the police come, she meets him in the driveway and she says, you know, the cat's in there and she might get really spooked. If, can I go in with you? And the police look at her and say, well, no, you're going <laughs> to yeah. stay right out stay here. Right so they go in the house, they search the house, upstairs, downstairs and all around. They go outside, they're looking around, yeah. Nothing. nothing. And she's not about to tell him that, well, it's probably Pearl. <laughs> but of course. Right. And Sandy's a third grade teacher at Woodcrest, and I sub a lot at Woodcrest. Yep. And it was a great story. Yeah. In fact, I've told so many Pearl stories that sometimes I'll walk into a school and then I'm greeted in the hall with, hey, Mrs. Levy, how's Pearl? Yeah. And I say, she sends her regard. And then, Mrs. Levy, are there any new Pearl stories? So, you know, they, it's always yeah. fun with that. Well, it's living history. I it's, mean, there's just a thread through history 
She's a thread through history that keeps it alive. Yes. You know, that's energy move, not ghost energy, but like energy going back and forth with history and and keeping these names. And, these na- and yeah, right. And then and then to, then so then we get to we're directing Jungle Book the second time, the most recent time, and that summer Interim's doing a, this wonderful production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Right, it's a Carol Rumba show, and they were doing it behind the center, and we thought it'd be fun to have a jungle book reunion party pizza party and stuff and get the kids all together because they all miss each other so Mm. much and we miss them and then we'd all go over and see the show together well just so happened my granddaughter who was six at the time was visiting and during the party she comes to me with her big brown eyes freaked because the kids had told her about Pearl. Yes. Well, I hadn't told her about Pearl yet because she was sleeping upstairs in Bunny's room. And she, imagine this, she's a drama queen. And I didn't know what to say. You know, I didn't want to get her freaked out. I want her to come and enjoy being at grandma's house. So there, so she's really kind of freaked. So I looked at her and she had lost a tooth. And I I said, "Um, tooth fairy come for your tooth? Well, yeah. And I said, did you see her? No. I said, was she good to you? Yeah. I said, well, I think of Pearl, since I've never had any scary things with her, Mm -hmm. as a house fairy. She looks, watches over (laughs) and watches over the house, but she sort of takes care of it. And that was it. And so I think, you know, kind of in a conclusion that I, I think of Pearl as a house fairy. Yeah. And we get along just fine. Oh, and we've also had, when the paper did something, you know, then there were people that wanted to come. We've had uh, Delta students that stayed overnight in the garden level guest suite so that they could try to commune with her. During cast parties, the kids will go down in the garden level and they will turn off the lights and have uh, flashlights or candles. And they try to commune with Pearl, you know, they try to get her to do something. And of course, you know, then one kid will sneak up on the others and scare the heck out of them. And it's just fun oh yeah it's absolutely it's just fun and sometimes when i'm telling pearl stories at school that there will be this you know there's no such things as ghosts and so they like the house fairy thing you know that that is an explanation for them that they can have a spirit of love and welcoming and oh larry was having a poker party one time and the doorbell kept ringing and he'd go try to catch him somebody playing ditch doorbell Never saw any sign, you know, the lights are on, the driveway's pretty big, you know, and so that was his big thing, but... Didn't bring that one up. He just said, "Well, that's mostly Cheryl's." Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I do, (laughs) is we do stories. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Oh, thank you, Nate. It's been fun. This was wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us today. When you need a realtor, give me a call at nine eight nine. 600-4214. Together, we'll get it done with both professionalism and a little bit of humor. Let me know if you have a topic you'd like me to cover on this podcast by dropping me a line or even better, stop by and see me at Park Place Homes at 1007 East Wackerly right here in Midland, Michigan. And for all you Facebookers, you can find me by searching for Nate Cody at Park Place Homes. And don't forget the A in Cody. It stands for, uh, what a good realtor. Keep your eye on the market and I'll see you out there.